0: I'm David Odejai, the host of the Half Court Hustle podcast. Um, You won't have heard from me in a while. Uh, It's been a long time since I've put out any content through this channel. And there are reasons for that, but that doesn't really matter at the moment. I just wanted to read a piece which I wrote about... Uh, The ongoing events in America in relation to the murder of George Floyd, which have morphed into protests about broader issues of police brutality against black people and systemic issues of racism across the world. I just hope that by sharing this piece, I can I can inform people about the historical struggles and burdens that have been borne by black people in Britain. And also for those of you who want to do something, just setting out some practical steps we can all take to help fight the systemic injustices that black people in this country and across the world face. All of you, I'm sure, will have seen the horrific images of the murder of George Floyd, an unarmed black man. Mr Floyd is but one of a number of black people to die unjustly at the hands of police or in police custody. Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, Philando Castile, Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown. This is the type of brutal, enraging racial injustice which invokes both a mixture of disgust, grief, and visceral anger. Sadly, for those living in over-policed and underprivileged communities, this is an all-too-familiar trauma. But for those looking from the outside, the wide availability of social media has brought these burning racial injustices right to our doorstep. And it's easy to dismiss this phenomenon as a US issue. A deeply troubling aspect of Americana which is born out of the historical injustices that it has perpetrated on black individuals within its borders. But the history of race relations in our own nation here in the UK is also disturbing if less widely known. Black communities here in the UK still bear the scars of racism and injustice. And examples range from racially motivated attacks on Caribbean communities in the 1950s to the prominent and successful anti-black general election campaign run in Smethwick in 1964, all the way to racial violence inflicted by members of the National Front in the 1970s and 1980s. And that's all before we even get to the historical treatment of black people by police in this country. The 1981 riots in Toxteth up in Liverpool were driven in part by the tactics of a chief constable, Mr Kenneth Oxford, who made no attempt to hide his overtly racist views. The 1985 Broadwater farm riots were sparked by the death of Cynthia Jarrett following a police raid on her home. Dorothy Gross was left permanently paralysed after being shot by police, which led to further violence in Brixton in the same year. Even victims of crime, who in their darkest hour have turned to police for justice, have instead been met with the type of institutional racism identified in the 1999 McPherson report. It's also easy to think that the brutal inequities of the past are just that, in the past. But they aren't. Right here, right now, black individuals die or suffer life-changing injuries after encounters with the police, as happened to Julian Cole, Dalian Atkinson and Rashawn Charles. Black people are six times more likely than white people to be stopped and searched by police. Black individuals are the target of a disproportionate number of incidents involving police use of force. And those figures get even worse when you consider police use of firearms. Black offenders, when convicted, are more likely to be met with custodial sentences than white offenders in similar circumstances. And those custodial sentences, when handed down, are longer for black offenders than for their white counterparts. And it doesn't stop with police interaction either. Teachers are more likely to under-assess the attainment of black children. Those black children are less likely to get into our nation's top educational institutions and even when they do, they are more likely than their white counterparts to become unemployed following graduation. Black mothers are much more likely to die in childbirth. Black men are much more likely to develop serious mental health disorders in this country. The reason the phrase Black Lives Matter is such a powerful rallying cry is because in in too many places around the world, at too many points in history, in too many areas of society, even including right here in the UK, Black Lives simply haven't mattered. And I know a lot of this makes for stark listening, and it is disquieting to know the extent of the level of unfairness in this country and the level of historical brutality meted out against black people here in the UK Uh, and if that makes you angry listen I'm I'm here with you Um, we're human and it's natural for us to recoil at injustice and inequality now more than ever is the time to take those feelings and turn to action if you take only one thing from listening to this piece, it should be a question. What can I personally do to make a lasting change? Long after the world moves on to the next story, the racial injustice of society will still remain. I can't pretend that either you or I can solve hundreds of years of, of anti-blackness by ourselves, but we can each play our part. The first thing we need to do is educate ourselves about the scale of the problem. Uh, we and you know I, I include myself here in this we just don't know enough about our collective history and the legacies of racial injustice which are the foundation of a lot of social problems in this country um, I've got a list of books which I would recommend people people take a look at why I am no longer talking to white people about race by Rennie edo is a fantastic read as is uh, Natives, Race and Class in the Ruins of Empire by O'Cala, another bestseller, which is definitely worth picking up. Black and British, A Forgotten History by David Odashoga, which just educates about the the richness of the tapestry of the history of black people in this country. I'd also recommend people consider donating to causes that are dedicated to, to fighting racial injustices in this country. Uh, A few examples include Stopwatch, which is a national organization dedicated to bringing about fair and accountable policing. There's the Amos Bursary, which is a program founded by uh, Valerie Amos, which aims to improve the prospects of young black men through mentoring and personal development. There's the Stephen Lawrence Foundation, which I'm sure a lot of us will have heard of, which is... A foundation which supports disadvantaged young people between the age of thirteen and thirty uh, into professional careers. There's also Show Racism The Red Card, which is an organisation which is dedicated to educating people. Uh, you know, using the, the the profile of football as a sport uh, to combat racism. There are also plenty of causes you can give to if you want to show solidarity to those communities in the US which are most affected by these issues. There's the Minnesota Freedom Fund. You can of course give to to Black Lives Matter. And if you haven't already, I I would also suggest um, giving to the George Floyd Memorial Fund um, because his life mattered and Black Lives Matter. And, you know, as I said before, it's been too long that we've accepted treatment from our institutions that result in the lives of black people being treated as though they don't matter. And we need to put a stop to that. Every single one of us needs to look in the mirror and ask why we allow this to continue to happen. But at the end of the day, I have hope that we can all fight for a fairer society if we all do our part. I'm David Odejai and I would just like to thank you for listening to this piece.